Coming up in Need to Know, we spotlight Kwanzaa and share tips for celebrating the holiday. In all the fields, we're putting away our pagan traditions and creating new ones. And in Gotta Do, we have your annual holiday cocktail list to keep you in the mood and in the spirit until 2023 arrives. The podcast that encourages you to know, feel, and do to live your best life. This is Ward and Webster. Hello, Bianca. Happy episode 98. Hey, 98. I'm trying to remember what happened in 1998. Now that we're in the 90s, I feel like I should, it should be relevant. I was in high school. That's all I got. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Happy Hanukkah to all who celebrate. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah to all who celebrate. <laughs> Um, I thought about it because I celebrated it for really the first time this year. And um, and it's really um, a nice holiday. I did link here. We're going to do our letter in a moment. But, you know, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, Hanukkah is an eight-day uh, Jewish celebration. It begins on the evening of the 18th and it ends on the evening of the 26th. So we're in the final, you know, couple of days here of Hanukkah. So we will, of course, share in our social media, the meaning of it and the significance of the menorah and and why you have eight candles and all the rest. And actually, this whole episode, Bianca, is just going to be a smorgasbord of holiday fun. Holiday fun and candles. So many candles. So many candles. (laughs) Before this show is over, we will have celebrated several holidays. So (laughs) Hanukkah just happens to be the lead off. (laughs) Holiday. We're going to get to Kwanzaa and need to know, have you ever celebrated Hanukkah? I have not. I have not, but I am reminded of last year, um, one of our virtual holiday parties. We did a virtual holiday work party, I think, last year. Um, and two of our coworkers um, talked about Hanukkah, their Hanukkah traditions, uh, lit the menorah while we were on um, the call. And it was really nice. And so now that I think about it, I'm like, is that the closest that I've gotten to celebrating? I think so. Well, admittedly, I don't know very much about it, but I am learning and I am very uh, happy to uh, be celebrating the holiday this year. Today's episode of Warden Webster is brought to you by the letter Q for Queen. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? It only makes sense. Go ahead. Every week, every week it's about the Queens. Go ahead. Um, before we get into the show, I didn't even ask you how you're doing. How are things over in the country house? Are you ready? You've got what a week to go before the big four O. Are you? Are, are is there any stress? Is there any anxiety? Are do you just feel normal? I am really excited about the big four O. You know, the husband and I are escaping. So before then, it's really preparation this week. To my dad is coming on. Uh, Friday, on next Friday, to stay with um, my mom and the kids. So that's going to be really nice. Um, and I'm just ready. I'm ready to to just wrap this whole wrap this whole week up. I don't know. The holidays this year were. Uh, 
don't know. And I know we talked about it last week, like gifts and not gifts, and that's not the meaning and all of that good stuff. And I definitely um, feel that because I was like, oh, the holiday stress has been unnecessary. So I've been just cutting it out where I can. Did you take my advice about cutting out the gift giving for people that aren't children? Actually, yes. <laughs> oh, great. So I didn't. Um, the husband's not getting anything. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't recommend that. What? But... I said to him, I actually sent him in a text and I was like, mm, just a reminder, I don't want anything <laughs> for Christmas. And I told him, I was like, I think we should just put our resources, whatever we would spend on gifts, like towards this trip and like having a good time. So whatever we would have, he would have spent on, I don't know, bath and body work lotion. I don't know. Put that towards a massage on the cruise or a couple, two, three drinks or a nice dinner. Like I, I am really, really, really clear. Um, my mother, I don't think she getting anything. <laughs> so she is, she is aware, but the children are taken care of. And if Cliff shows up with something and then you're empty handed, are you going to be okay with that? Yes. Okay. Cause I said what I said. <laughs> He ain't following directions. That's not my problem. <laughs> okay. This is also, uh, we should also, I'm going to say this throughout the show. So for those who celebrate, this is also Christmas Eve. <laughs> this show is coming out on Christmas Eve. So if you are with your family, friends, and loved ones, and for those who celebrate. Let's be clear. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes. yes. We got Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And we haven't even gotten <laughs> Kwanzaa is in lot. preparation. You have been warned. We are doing a lot of celebration today. But you know what? You deserve. <laughs> you just de you deserve. It is a very festive time of the year. Let me just say something real quick. <clears throat> so um the babies, uh the little rewards go to a performing arts school and they had their winter concert. And it was the most amazing experience and it just reminds me how much i love black people <laughs> and just blackity black black things like the kids were singing everything from um celebration by cooling the gang <laughs> so there was like a kwanzaa song um there was a song in hebrew there was a dance step team like it was just it was so, 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 so good. And we had a great time. And Grace had a little dance performance that she did in it. And it was just so fun. And I was like, this is um, the part, the whole time I was there, like I had chills. I was like, this is the part of parenting that I really, really love. Just getting to see my baby shine um, and just be in their element. Like they had a really good time. So shout out to the Little Rewards for an amazing winter concert. <sighs> Should we get into it? Let's mm -hmm. do it. In this week's Need to Know, we tell you everything you need to know about Kwanzaa from A to Z and share tips for how you can celebrate the holiday. Oh, Kwanzaa. So let me tell you, let me tell you how um, Kwanzaa came to me and then we'll kind of get into the things. At my previous, previous job, we used to do like these brown bags, um, these little lunch and learns. And I remember one of my coworkers, um, she did a whole, and I feel like it was in December when she did it, but she did a whole lunch and learn about Kwanzaa. And she, and this has, this was 
over 10 years ago because it was before I even had children but she talked about what Kwanzaa meant to her like how long her like she grew up with it right like her parents being really intentional about um celebrating Kwanzaa and I was like wow like I was fascinated because I had always I kind of knew about it but just just enough right um so when she kind of really went through like what it was and the principles and um, just the meanings, the tradition behind it, just the fact that it is really uh, rooted in African culture and the upliftment of, of African-American people. I was like, yo, this is dope. And so for the past, um, probably, I would probably say four years now, we have been, I have been intentional about finding ways to to introduce um kwanzaa to the kids so that it is um so they so they know and understand and and um like what it is and and why we celebrate and how we do it so um for those who don't know so let's just give a little bit so one thing i want to well we'll come back to that so kwanzaa is um is a holiday that that's why I said so many candles because there's also candles like Hanukkah <laughs> there are seven Kwanzaa candles for seven days so it first um, Kwanzaa first started in 1966 and um, it was started by Dr. Karenge who was a professor um, at California State University and the purpose was to bring the African-American community together and Kwanzaa means um, first harvest so a lot of the um the words and principles are in swahili and each day um, is represented by um, a specific principle or practice and one of the things that i've been um trying to do is to reinforce the principles or mention them throughout the year um, so that the kids know that it's not just during the seven days between um, the day after christmas and new year's but that what the principles mean in our lives and how we um, how we act on them each day one thing I want to say is um, we're going to talk a lot about holidays throughout this show. Kwanzaa is unique in, in the sense that this was actually created in the United States. This holiday mm -hmm. started in the United States. And according to our, you know, sources here, which we will obviously share, Dr. Karengo created Kwanzaa in response to the Watts riots that occurred in Los Angeles in 1965. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot of history, you know, kind of folded into there. So when Bianca was sharing that, you know, it's about bringing the community together and making sure that we appreciate the African-American culture. I think it's important, Bianca, to kind of set the stage that what was happening at that time were these mm -hmm. riots in LA in 1965, very fraught period of time, and that this was an attempt to celebrate mm -hmm. and bring the community together to highlight its riches as opposed to some of the you know, things that were happening against the community at the time. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent point. And, and the fact that it is, um, you know, the 60s wasn't that long ago. So the fact that it is, I guess you could still say a more modern holiday. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily something that people have, or at least our elders have had their whole lives. So I think that that's another reason why I would say for some 
and I and I don't I'm mean, that's what I'm gonna say for some I think for some older generations it might be harder to pick up Kwanzaa or to celebrate it because it is not something that has always existed in the way that Christmas has right so it's like what is this and why and it's man-made but aren't all the holidays man-made? Oh, we're gonna get into that <laughs> I'm doing a whole all the feels on that in a second but I will tell you this Bianca before we get more you know into Kwanzaa itself to your to pick up that point when I was growing up we didn't celebrate Kwanzaa. Obviously, I came from a, a, a Southern Baptist Christian household. These folks were all about Christmas. I mean, it was Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. So Kwanzaa starts on December 26th, and it runs through January 1st. It's literally right after Christmas. And it's not anti-Christmas at all. I think it's important for us to say, you can celebrate both. But Bianca, I got the distinct impression in my household that we celebrated Christmas. And to celebrate Kwanzaa was somehow canceling it out like no one ever mm-hmm. said that to me but that's just the impression that I you know what I mean there is something about ooh, self-hate and self-anti-blackness that we can pack unpack for another time and I think we even talked about it in the religion episode that we um tend to shy away from things that are really rooted in our in our culture in our roots um that that go back to the continent like we yeah um yeah because then it's not of god <laughs> but <laughs> or just like or, or or more to the i to me it felt like in their non-verbal way they were saying that there wasn't this legitimacy there was a lack of legitimacy because mm. it, it didn't come out the bible or it wasn't it didn't have mm-hmm. like a centuries long history behind it and somehow something new is not authentic like it hadn't been tested like that's that's the impression that i got it's like but this is this is too new because at the time i'm remember i'm talking mm. about the 90s mm-hmm. so for something that started in the 60s and i'm growing up in the in the 80s and 90s that would have been at the very big that would have been even less Kwanzaa was even less well-known than it is now. Yeah. And so it was truly in its infancy then. And these folks who, you know, I'm talking about grandparents who were born in the 20s, they were not, they were not trying to talk about Kwanzaa because that was not what they grew up with. By the time Kwanzaa came about, they were in their 40s and they were like, sis, what's No new this? things. <laughs> no, no new things. <laughs> no new things. And that's why I'm glad that the kids have it. But you touched on a really good point that one of the things I appreciate about Kwanzaa is that it doesn't have any uh, religious basis. Like you can be, because I, you know, I've heard people say, just as you said, I don't celebrate Kwanzaa because I'm a Christian. That doesn't have anything to do with no. Like you can be Christian and celebrate Kwanzaa. You can be Muslim and celebrate Kwanzaa. It's not, it has nothing to do with You can be Jewish and celebrate Kwanzaa. That's the whole point of this segment. (laughs) So let's so let's go. So Kwanzaa is seven days, and each day is represented by a principle. Um, and so, uh, just really quickly, the principles are are all in Swahili. So the first one is Umoja, which is unity. Um, and so how it works is you have a at our house we have a kinara, which is the the candle holder, um, and there are seven candles. Um, one one black candle three red three green yes one black three red three green and so each night similar to hanukkah you you light the candle and um that represents the the principle and so what we do at my house is like we'll light the candle we'll talk about the principle we um i will one year we had like 
seven books for seven nights. So each night the kid and kids and I read books about Kwanzaa. We found like movies or songs or um, videos and kind of talked about how the how we apply the principles. Anywho, so first night emoji is unity um, and is to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. Um, the second one is Kujichagalia, which Grace loves to say, and that's uh, <laughs> self-determination, to define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. Um, the third one is Ujima, collective work and responsibility, and that's to build and maintain our community together, make our brothers and sisters problems our problems, and solve them together. So I'm usually doing my diaper drive during this time, and so I like the fact that it's happening around the same time because I can tell the sh really show the kids this is how, this is what Ujima looks like. This is collective responsibility, um, collecting these diapers to help and give back to people in our community. Um, Ujama, which is cooperative economics, to build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses, and to profit from them together. This is really about um, black business and the power of the black dollar. Again, I can talk to the kids about the business I run or why um, we shop at certain places or like what that looks like and the importance of um, supporting businesses from people that look like us. Um, Nia is purpose. Uh, to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. Nia is one of our favorites as well. Kaumba, which is creativity, to always do as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. Um, and then the seventh one is Imani, which is faith to believe with all our heart in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. And again, I talked to the kids about um, the principles throughout the year. So I mentioned before they go to a performing arts school. So we talk about how Koumba shows up, their their creative creativity, what that looks like um, to not only benefit themselves, but how that that benefits their their family, their community. Um, Amani being faith, um, and then that's I think I think that seventh day and that's New Year's is where we where we can tie in. Um, we don't really, but if we wanted to, we could tie in religion there because what does faith mean to you? Um, how is it, how is your faith demonstrated in our home, in our family, in our, in our, in our community? And so we have, um, and then there's different symbols that you hear a lot about um, during Kwanzaa. So I mentioned the Kinara, which is the actual candle holder, um, the Makika, which is the the placemat that the holder sits on. We don't put out mahindi, which is corn. So traditionally you're supposed to put out an ear of corn to represent each child in the family. Um, I might get some plastic corn this year though, cause I was like, do I want just corn out? I'm worried that it's gonna go in. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then the kikumba cha umoja, which is the unity cup. 
and I talked to the kids about pouring libations uh, for for our ancestors. So we fill it with water, um, usually on where where the makika, where the mat and the candle holder are, are usually near pictures of um, family members, ancestors, etc. On the seventh day, you're supposed to do uh, zawadi, which are gifts. And I was with y'all right up until this, but I'll listen <laughs> until you explain. So zawadi, the gifts should they're supposed to be handmade. So they're supposed to be things that that you make and give, or um, and it's really just for the children. Or it's supposed to be something educational. So it's supposed to be like books or like a, a game that is like. It's supposed to be educational base or handmade. It's really like when when my um, co- when my coworker did the presentation um, years ago, I remember her saying like that they really emphasize like the handmade gifts in her family because that shows a different, you know, being intentional and making something with love. So um, making jewelry or she sewed, making clothes, et cetera. Like there is a different amount of, you know, there's a different amount of, of, of time, of energy, of um, intention that goes in when you're hand making something. So it's not necessarily supposed to be store-bought. And if it is, then again, cooperative economics, we're gonna encourage you to be supporting a Black-owned business if you are choosing to give gifts. Okay, I think I can reserve a lot of judgment since I think that would not be consistent with some of the values of Kwanzaa to begin with. So I'm just gonna <laughs> withhold that. I'll tell y'all early next year since we don't wanna we don't wanna spoil the day. But I will say this, B, I feel like with a lot of these traditions and rituals, and we'll get into kind of the other ones here in the next segment. They start innocent enough. They start like, so the gift giving at its core was not what it currently is in like, I think the the broader Christmas sense, it started out at something different. And now it's just become, oh, well, let me buy you this, this Gucci watch, because I don't know, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, it's just like, you, you know, it starts innocent enough. And then before you know it, we're like, way off into some craziness. And so my pushback about, you know, the seventh symbol and the gifts is like, I, I hear what you're saying about the homemade. I hear what you say about the, I hear what you say about the supporting black business, but a hundred years from now, will that have gotten lost? And will it be folks going down to Saks? <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's the seventh, you know, principle. Yeah. So we actually, I don't, I don't tend to do uh zawadi so we don't really do the gifts partially because they again it's it's coming off of christmas which we do celebrate so the kids got stuff but that is a time where i think just just speaking to the commercialization of things there are more i think just more kwanzaa things out now and available for purchase than the the decorations the different just just stuff similar to juneteenth right so like once juneteenth like how are we capitalizing commercializing all of these things i'm so glad you said that and so (laughs) so and as i mentioned um back in (laughs) june it's like okay so if you are going to so how can you be how can you be smart with your dollar then right so um are you going to go to party city and buy your kwanzaa things 
or are you going to, you know, get your, um, buy your Kinara from, from, uh, you know, a, a homemade business or, you know, a small business. Um, I think that there's, there are ways you can go about doing it if you want, if you want to do that, you could also make these things like you could also, you don't, I don't, I don't, to me, Kwanzaa doesn't feel commercial in that way. And I think I, it, look, it's been around since 1966 and I, and there are ways that it, (laughs) there, there are ways that I see it, but I think if you, if you dive into the, the commercial and capitalism of it all, I think it actually takes away from what Kwanzaa is supposed to be. You can say the same about Christmas, right? Like we just said that last week. So I linked, I had put two articles in our arc and we will share both of them. And and I just want to, as someone who doesn't know a lot about Kwanzaa, other than what I've learned through you and my reading, like I, I always like to get multiple perspectives. When I linked to them and I showed you the arc, you were like, this second article from the table sounds like it was written by some white woman. And when I reread it, I was like, it does. So now I'm like, I'm going to put the question to you. I will share both articles for, for the wonders. When our white brothers and sisters are celebrating Kwanzaa with us, what would your advice be? be for these folk (laughs) if that's even a question for you to answer (laughs) just sit in the back and don't touch anything (laughs) no I'm um (laughs) I think it is Kwanzaa is one of those things that are is literally for us by us right like before there was a FUBU, there was, <laughs> there was a Kwanzaa. Um, and I think it is okay to um, to want to learn about, to ask questions about, to be curious in terms of how you can offer your support or to learn. But I don't know if it's necessarily... <sighs> trying to be kind I don't I don't I don't I don't know I don't I don't I don't I don't know (laughs) I I don't know and so I think it's like the sixth day of Kwanzaa if I'm not mistaken is supposed to be um maybe it's the fifth it's either the fifth or the seventh day but there is a um you're kind of encouraged to ha- to have a party, like you bring community together to um, to to break bread, to um, to fellowship, right? And so, I think you can invite your white brothers and sisters to the function. <laughs> well, to me, that goes without saying. I guess what I was thinking was, what if they want to have functions of their own? What if they wanted to teach their own children about this? What if they wanted to? Uh, celebrate each of the seven nights in the same way that the ward household does like I was thinking about it in those terms because let's face it these principles that are at the heart of Kwanzaa are universal they're they are they were for they were created for and by black people but not exclusively so when you go back to unity when you go back to all of those some of those things that you mentioned any person can support that as a matter of fact, if you're a white person and you have money to spend during the holidays, yes, go spend that at Black Small Business. That's absolutely <laughs> what we want you to do. So the way that I see it, there's space here for everyone so long as we're all upholding the same principles. And I feel like any person could do that. But why? <laughs> they 
have enough of their things. Can we, can we as black folks? And I think when you talk about like what this was born out of, right? Like the sixties, the riots, the, the idea of, of, of black people coming together. And I think even now more than ever, like this, this strong need and desire for community mm-hmm. um, amongst black people. Um, Yes, I I'm I'm sorry. I am going to I am going to preference and uplift that first. I don't think I don't see it as an either or. I think there's a lot of allyship here. If you go back and you look at the pictures of Dr. Martin Luther King when he gave his "I Have a Dream" speech at the steps of the Lincoln Monument, you just, you turn the volume off because the if you listen to it, you just get you get drawn into his words. Turn the volume off and just look at the pictures and look at the people that were standing with and around Dr. King. And it was not all Black folks. There was quite a few white folks standing up in allyship in a time where it wasn't safe or comfortable to do so. What I'm saying to you, Bianca, is that there's a, we ha- there has to be a space for that. And so I'm just trying to think of what's the most respectful way for people to participate and not have it turn into just another you know, white whatever, but to do it in a respectful way. And I think part of our role here as community leaders and podcasters (laughs) is to like share with people, okay, if you want to celebrate this, here's the the respectful way to do it, as opposed to this is not something you, you shouldn't do this. This is only for Black people. It doesn't have to be that. I think it can be for everybody, so long as we're super clear about the purpose and the why and the history of it. And I think that you've done an excellent job of laying that out today. I think you can, I think you can learn about things, uh, teach your children about things, um, be aware of things without celebrating things. So I, okay, so like I can talk to uh, my kids about Hanukkah and we can learn about Hanukkah, um, but we're not gonna celebrate Hanukkah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it is. But that's your choice. What I'm saying is that you absolutely could and that there's a space for that, even if you're not Jewish. That's all. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Not that you have to (laughs) or that you want to, but that if that was your inclination, then sure. Why not? Like only Jewish people can light the menorah. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense, sense, Bianca. (laughs) You you know, you know me. I, I believe in the universal truth, which is that. At the end of the day, in the final analysis, we are all human beings from from built from the same materials, stardust. And in the end, we return to the same the same materials, stardust. And so, yes, we we have all these communities, and yes, all these different races and and traditions. But at at the at the at the core, people are people. And so, if the principles behind these symbols speak to you, mm-hmm. and you want to uplift them, then you should be encouraged to do so. That that's just my that's just my view on life. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. <laughs> you're so you're so cute. <laughs> I just think I think you're afraid of you're just afraid it's gonna turn into another, it's gonna become watered down, diluted. Like and you correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to put words into your mouth. I feel mm-hmm. like you like my fear is that they're just gonna take this and turn it into something, some other foolishness. And that's not what this is about. Like this mm-hmm. is this is for us and by us. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. That, <laughs> Go fuck that... up your Christmas. <laughs> I mean, what does St. Patrick's Day become? Like you have, <laughs> you have all of the options open here. Leprechauns. Let me, let me and my babies have nice things. 
Okay. Anything else you want to say before we move on? Um, no, but I am, I am glad we've had this time. <laughs> that Christmas tree is the devil. The devil. In this week's All the Feels, we shake off our pagan traditions and create a few new ones to help you reclaim Happy Holidays. So Bianca, there's a lot wrapped up in that intro. So I've always been, you know, some people don't <laughs> like it when you say happy holidays. And by people, I mean, mostly racist white folks that are like, why can't we say Merry Christmas? You're trying to take Christmas and cry out of Christmas. I'm like, you know what? First of all, first of all, hush. Second of all, happy holidays. All we're doing, we're not, we're not canceling out Christmas. We are simply recognizing that not everyone celebrates Christmas. And so whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or something else, Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating in December, Happy Holidays covers them all. It doesn't exclude anything. But since you brought it up, Christmas is quite pagan in a lot of different ways. And a lot of your symbols that you have such reverence for are created for and by the devil. <laughs> a whole segment about the paganness of some of these traditions. Now, before we get into the link, Bianca, I have always thought that this was, this has always been funny to me because quite a few Christian traditions have pagan origins. And I have always been fascinated by that. Is it just me? You are, the more I, the more years, years I spend on this planet <laughs> and read some books, <laughs> The more I realize, I'm like, oh, that's where that comes from. And and you're right, even, and I think we, again, wonders, if you are new here, we will always reference an old episode, go back so you can know what we're talking about, because we don't, we don't want you to be in the dark. <laughs> we want you to join us. Um, but we were talking about, I think, Easter and like the Easter bunny and like Easter eggs. And that is very- Pagan as hell. That is very- <laughs> <laughs> it's very vain. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, you know, that's why we can't go around shaming folk. <laughs> we can't. So I have an article here that we will share. It's from, I think it's chefin.com, C-H-E-F-I-N, one word, and then .com. And we're going to read here, you know, who the pagans were. But first, some pagan traditions that have become associated with Christmas, and they are gift-giving, the image of Santa Claus, Christmas stockings, Christmas caroling, <laughs> decking the halls with holly, and decorating trees. Oh, everything I just <laughs> everything that's in my house right now. <laughs> everything I just said, every single one of those Christmas traditions are pagan or were started in the pagan tradition. So let's just take a step back so that we can all make sure that we understand what we're talking about. Who were the pagans? First things first, what do we mean when we say pagan? This is a sweeping term that encompasses anyone from the Romans to the Norse in Scandinavia. As Christianity spread through Europe in the early ADs, missionaries got to know a lot different groups of people with varying religious systems and beliefs. All of these people and religions were lumped into the catch-all term of quote-unquote pagan. Although Christians had the goal of spreading their religion across Europe, they were still quite fascinated by many of the customs and ways of the pagans. Clearly, they were fascinated enough to pick up a few of those beliefs and traditions and adopt them as part of their Christian celebrations. 
So Bianca, that seems very straightforward to me. It's like we have two groups of folks with two different types of beliefs. The the dominant group kind of breaks off and kind of does their own thing. And, you know, I think most people know that Christians at, the, at their core is about spreading the gospel, so to speak. And so that's what they did. And they, you know, you like what you like. You're like, you know what? I know we're going to break off and do our own thing. We're going to quote unquote spread the gospel. But I kind of like these lights we're putting up. <laughs> So I'm going to keep putting them on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and there you have it. I mean, it's 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 really that innocent when you think about it on a foundational level. So some some might say, how could how could something that's quote unquote pagan be a part of you know Christianity? I think the first thing is I think pagan gets a gets a negative connotation. It's kind of like a bad quote unquote thing. That's that's not my view. It's just different. It's just another belief system. It's just something that's not Christianity. So that doesn't mean it's bad. That just means it's different. And I think, you know, to understand how it might be so incorporated into Christianity, we just gave the explanation and it sounds straightforward and believable to me. So let's get into how the Christmas tree became a thing. <laughs> so we're going to give you, you're so silly. So there's, there's the six kind of um, pagan traditions that have been roped into Christmas. And we're going to give you each each one of those. And we're going to give you the background on how each one of those got started. Bianca, I'm going to take the first one on the gift giving because, you know, I have an issue with the gift giving. And then we can just swap. You'll do the Santa. That kind of goes without saying, but we, we'll go through all six of them. So gift giving, not only is December a time to celebrate the winter solstice, but between the 17th and the 24th of the month, the Romans also celebrated Saturnalia, Saturnalia. This was a pagan holiday in honor of the agricultural god Saturn. Romans would spend the week, uh, much like we spend Christmas holidays today, they would spend that time feasting, drinking, giving gifts, and being joyful. These days, we fork out lots of money on Christmas gifts, but back then, the Romans exchanged small gifts for the sake of good luck. The idea was to give a gift in the hope of bringing a bountiful harvest the following year. Rather than a huge list of gifts to give, the Romans also shared only one gift with one person at a time. Somewhere along the line, giving gifts for luck and prosperity became a multi-million dollar business. Isn't that funny? This goes <laughs> right back to what I was telling you about Kwanzaa. So here's an example of the Romans giving one gift to mm -hmm. one person. It was about being bountiful and bringing prosperity for the previous year. And from that, we've gone to everybody that you know gets a gift that holds no value whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm because we have more we give more and it's just and it's become more of the focused on what are you going to give what are you going to get now before we um now this is so so this article is telling us that the romans started gift giving maybe you, i don't and i don't know the answer and i don't want to put you on the spot we can cut this out later do you know what the christian viewpoint is on gift giving like what's why are we doing that what's the why behind christmas giving i thought the gift giving um I thought that stemmed from the three wise men when they brought the baby Jesus, frankincense, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. Weren't those okay. the first gifts? According to Christianity. That sounds reasonable gifts. to me. So so we're so we're re we're reenacting that when we I, give gifts to one another. I think so. As Christians. 
We'll look it up because I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. <laughs> and I know the little drummer boy had no gift to bring um, to lay before the king. So he brought his, <laughs> he drummed for him. I love that Item number song. two, Santa's <laughs> image and Christmas stockings. I'm going to mute and let Bianca talk about this man. I think this is so interesting because there was recently um, a whole Facebook battle in one of my mom groups about was it a versus was it a versus it was a mama versus a mama okay (laughs) about this Santa and it was this it was it was a lot (laughs) it was a lot um so okay so really so yes Santa's image and Christmas stocking so our modern day image of Santa Claus clad in red fur with a big white beard was largely developed by Coca-Cola in the 1930s I had no idea right so but Father Christmas, otherwise known as St. Nicholas, was an actual person, um, was a patron saint of children, the poor, and prostitutes. <laughs> Living around 4th century AD, St. Nicholas was a generous bishop who was known for giving gifts to the poor, sporting a big beard and a long cloak, much like the Santa we know and love. But even before St. Nicholas, there was another bearded man, um, called Odin. This deity was worshipped by earlier Germanic pagan tribes, traditionally portrayed as an old man with a long white beard, with an eight like oh, with an eight-legged horse <laughs> named Sleipnir, who he would ride through the skies just like Sansa's reindeer. During the winter, kids would fill their booties with carrots and straw and leave them by the chimney for sleep near to feed on. Odin would fly by and reward the children with little presents in their booties, much like we do with Christmas stockings today. So it is really this very interesting mashup. So it's Coca-Cola says <laughs> in the 1930s <laughs> that it's the the jolly bearded uh, white man. My sense is black, by the way. And <laughs> but but stemming from Saint Nicholas, right? Who was who was a person and who would give gifts and care for children, the poor, and prostitutes. What a very interesting uh, trio. I find it so fascinating that as opposed to just getting rid of Saint Nick, you've just colorized him. I... That is problematic. <laughs> that is problematic, Bianca. And I don't even think I don't even think you realize how problematic it is. Just taking this this pagan ass shit and putting black people in here is not the answer. You, it's it. not the serve you think it is. I love it. I love it. We had a um, gingerbread uh, decorating party last weekend. <laughs> I found these little candy Santa Clauses and they were black and it was so cute. And the wait, and the little gift bags, the little goodie bags for the kids. Grace was like, um, these bags are really cute. I was like, I know. And she was like, and I know why you picked them. I was like, why, Grace? She said, because the Santa has beautiful brown skin. <laughs> oh, I'm going to challenge you again. As opposed to just colorizing Santa, why not just get rid of him all together? <sighs> we could. But technically, St. Nicholas from 4th century AD was a person. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. So that's even more of a reason not to colorize him. If it, if we're celebrating a person, <laughs> then it would be it would be a slap in the face to that person to colorize them. If let's say, let's say 200 years from now, we want to celebrate Bianca Ward. And the white people are like, I want to celebrate Bianca Ward, but you know what? I'm gonna make her white. <laughs> what, what the hell is that? <laughs> so either either you celebrate Bianca Ward or you don't, but you're not gonna make her something she wasn't. 
That doesn't make any, Bianca, at a foundational level, that doesn't make any sense. And all I'm doing is holding your feet to the fire like I would with anybody else. I like my Black Santa. Next, Christmas carols. (laughs) Christmas carols. Okay. So while the carols we sing for Christmas are undeniably Christian, the tradition itself of going door to door, singing to your neighbors, comes from another pagan tradition called... Wasseling, 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 wasseling. <laughs> the rather funny word comes from the Anglo-Saxon phrase of was holly. Help me, Bianca. Was holly? Sure. I'll be trying to help you, but you still pronounce things wrong. <laughs> so you're going to translate to good health. It translates to good health. Every year, wasslers would roam through their villages in small groups, singing loudly with the aim of banishing evil spirits and wishing good health to those around them. So that's pretty, again, pretty straightforward. It starts innocently enough. We're just going to go from village to village and get rid of these evil spirits. Okay, there's nothing wrong with getting rid of evil spirits, but it was started by the pagans. I love it. And are carolers a thing? I don't know. Nobody has ever. Is it because I'm hood adjacent? Nobody's yes. ever come to yes. the house. <laughs> carolers in places where it's safe. So <laughs> and we, again, we could do a whole show on that statement I just made, but it is what it is. That's you not the, that's not what we're doing today. Merry Christmas. We're moving on. <laughs> Kissing under the mistletoe. <laughs> ever wondered about the correlation between mistletoe and kissing? Well, funnily, funnily, that's not funnily enough, really? Okay. Well, funny enough, (laughs) the tradition goes all the way back to pagans, everyone from the Romans to the Celts to the Druids and the Norse had a thing about mistletoe. It was considered to be a highly sacred plant involved in several pagan rituals. In the Roman world, mistletoe honored the god of Saturn. To keep him happy, they would perform fertility rituals underneath the sprigs of mistletoe. Yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. Oh, they were getting nasty underneath the mistletoe. Come on, for fertility? We've certainly toned it down as far as mistletoes are considered and left it with just a simple kiss. Probably a good idea since family is always around. Okay. Yeah, I you know of, of all these traditions, I don't have a problem with that one at all. I mean, of course, you do don't. what you need to do where you need to do it, and, and get your whole life. <laughs> we have two left to deck the halls, and then Bianca's going to give us the Christmas tree, which is the creme de la creme of, of of Christian holidays. But first, decking the halls with holly. Mistletoe wasn't the only sacred plant for pagans. Holly was another holly plant connected with the god Saturn. During the holiday, Romans would Romans made holly wreaths to exchange as gifts for good luck. At the time of Saturnala, early Christians uh, began to celebrate Christmas. However, they were often persecuted for practicing their new religion. It was lucky that Christmas coincided with Saturnala as it allowed Christians to harbor a cover for their Christmas celebrations. To avoid detection and to make it look like they were celebrating Saturnala and not Christmas, Christians started hanging holly wreaths around their homes. This allowed them to recognize other Christians that still do something nice to celebrate their sacred holiday. Eventually, as pagans decreased, 
holly became a symbol of Christmas instead of Saturnala. Hmm, a little bait and switch there. I kind of like that one. I kind of <laughs> like that one. So that one's really cute. That's like, okay, so y'all trying to root us out. We're going to we're gonna usurp something that y'all think is celebrating one thing, but it's mm-hmm. actually celebrating something else. And we're communicating with each other within doing that. Now, this is the one time where I'm going to side with the Christians. That was cute. <laughs> y'all did that. That was real cute. And there's nothing wrong with the holly reef. Let's, let's do that. They smell <laughs> great. They do. Um, and lastly, Christmas tree decorating. We sure have taken a lot of inspiration from the Romans and tree decorating is just another borrowed tradition. Besides feasting, drinking, and exchanging gifts during Saturnalia, Romans also hung metal ornaments on trees outside their homes. Each of these little ornaments represented a god, either Saturn or the family's personal patron saint. Early Germanic tribes practiced a similar tradition, a similar tree decorating tradition, this time with fruits and candles to honor the god Odin throughout winter solstice. Christians seem to have merged the tree decorating with ornaments, candles, and fruits to make Christmas tree decorating one extravagant tradition. Yes, and also I think another way they took it on was by putting you know they you put an angel at the top yes, of the yes. tree um or a star which is supposed to like symbolize the star of bethlehem at the at the top of the tree hmm. i like a good christmas tree we will share this article with the wonders so that they can um see for themselves I, i've always been fascinated by it um I, before we leave this segment Bianca, i want to talk a little bit about our tips for creating traditions that are our own and i thought we could do it through three ways. So food, family, and fun. And by family, I mean, your either your biological family or your chosen family. So here's the, here's the point of this. I, regardless of how, you know, holidays came to be or kind of what influenced them or the origins of them, that's cute and all. I'm actually more about, I think it's in, I'm fascinated to read about the history and learn about these origins, but I'm actually, as it relates to me, I'm more into creating my own stuff that just means something to me, my household, my family chosen and otherwise, because I think that that's more important. Like if you want to adopt Christmas exactly as it is, that's fine. If you want to adopt Kwanzaa exactly like it is, that's fine. If you wanted to create your own thing from scratch, literally from the bottom of the pan scratch, I think that's equally as fine. And what I really would like to do is give people the license to do that and be like, you know what? I created this this holiday tradition. It means something only to me. Only me and my loved ones know about it. And that is 100% okay. It goes back to the same advice I was giving the wonders about their weddings and how, as, as opposed to taking this template and just doing it, how about you just rip that up, pretend like there's no rules and do what you wanna do. And and if it makes you happy, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, this also reminds me um, last year when we talked about this and I am bringing it up now because she just, they just reposted the episode, but on Jill Scott's podcast, she, she talks about the, the holiday that they created that they do in lieu of, of Christmas. And it's, and it's really cool. Um, and it's very family centered and um, history and cultural and it's great. I would love to, I think a tradition that I would like for my family going forward, I've been thinking about is that um, I would like us to travel 
for the holiday as opposed to gifts, tree, <laughs> um, all of those things. Just again, kind of put in that time and resource somewhere else, but um, emphasize the idea of exploring a new place together as a family to be able to um, create a new memory um, and just a, and a, and a new experience that has nothing to do with um, giving each other gifts or um, or isn't religion focused either. Like it's just something, I think something that is just uniquely ours. I will say this. So the the one aspect of all of these different kind of like religious ceremonies that I enjoy is the food element. So mm -hmm. whether we're talking about Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas, at the heart of all of them is like some sort of feast or food. Mm -hmm. Now I can, I, yes, we're not getting rid of the food no matter what we're celebrating. So, <laughs> so building building your celebration around good eats, I'm 110% into that. So we're not going to get rid of that. Um, so yes, I'm going to continue that. Yes, I like the idea of traveling and getting away, particularly to somewhere warm, because I don't particularly like the cold. So I usually do that around, you know, December, January anyway. And then the other part is that I, Bianca, I feel like, and this is an I statement, and maybe it's from my own, you know, experience. These holidays often exclude people who don't have close ties to family. So if you're really close to your family, you know, then the holidays is something you look forward to because the family is getting together. You're having all of this time. You're exchanging gifts, all the rest. But if you, if you aren't close to your family or if being with your family causes you trauma or stress, then you might want to pull back and just not participate because to not go is actually better for your mental health yeah. than to actually go. And remember, Angel talked about this when we had her mm -hmm. on from Salt, Pepper, Ketchup. So I always think about my friends who, like myself, are not particularly close with their family. And so like these Friendsgivings, I think are important. Remembering to create spaces for your chosen family is important. And to not think of that as some kind of, somehow second class, but chosen family is family. And so, you know, I think that that's important to remind ourselves and to think about it in a, in a broader sense than just, I'm going to quote unquote, go back to where I'm from. And if I, th and that's celebrating the holidays. No, you don't have to do that. They can come to you or you can create your holidays wherever you are. And I think that that's equally important. And then my last point, you know, I think fun needs to be at the heart of this. And the next segment got to do is really all about injecting fun into the holidays. Because to me, if you were not having fun, no matter what the holiday is, then we're not doing it right. I would also love to see, um, uh, again, even for my own family, this time of year being um, being of service to others <sighs> as another way to step away from the commercializing of it all. But what I do know that that which is why I'm also mindful of that is uh, when I used to work um, at a shelter during this time from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day. I mean, they're we overrun. We are over. There were so many donations and drives and like, I mean, volunteers out the ass. But two months from now, what it's going to look can't like. Can't find them. 
<laughs> so it is really, um, it is just really something like this is the season that, yeah, like people definitely want to give it and, and, and we want that, right? Like, um, your end of year givings, like all of, all of those things, but just encouraging, uh, just encouraging the wonders to also remember that, um, that these uh, organizations and shelters, et cetera, need support all year round, not just during the holidays. In this week's Gotta Do, we get you ready for next week. And we have a list of holiday cocktails to keep you in the mood and in the spirit for celebrating the season, seasons, whatever you're celebrating. So we, every once in a while, we do a little drink list here. So if you've been listening to the show since episode one, which was 97 shows ago, <laughs> you know, we're going to put some little respect on it. Um, we've been giving you a list every once in a while, and we may have done a holiday list last year, but this year, Bianca, I decided to divide it up into two categories, drinks to get you in the mood and drinks to get you in the spirit. Now, do you know the difference? No, tell me. Well, based on your list, in the mood is the ones that get you like high in your loins. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you do know. I think a 40-year-old woman with two kids plus do know. So uh-huh. yes, in the mood is the drinks that you want to prepare for you and your boo right before you have your holiday, you know, love making or fornication, whichever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in the spirit is when you just want to be spirited. Okay, so before we get to the list, Bianca, can we talk about eggnog for a second? Yes. Are you pro? Are you uh, pro or con on the eggnog? Just in general, and I'll give you my take. I am pro on the eggnog, uh, spiked, but it is one of those things where I'm only going to drink it like one time during the season. Like I'm not going to necessarily have it in the fridge and be sipping on forever. I don't understand these vegan eggnogs that are coming out. Like that's just, yeah, it's a thing. But I might drink it once, maybe twice, but it's not. Mm-mm. Do you do you make your own or do you just buy it up from the store? I buy it. I've never made it. So here's this. Okay. You're not going to believe what I'm about to say. I actually prefer store-bought eggnog over homemade. I don't, I don't know how homemade would be good. <laughs> do you know? Well, I've never. Well, let me say, let me first start by saying I've never had anybody's homemade eggnog. So let me know. Well, so, I don't know. so again, I mean, usually speaking, anything homemade is better than store-bought, just generally mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, there's a craft to making it. And it's, it's, it's very evolved. It takes time. And I just, you know, I just don't, I don't know that, that the, you know, that it's really, you're gaining that much. I will say this. I love eggnog. I small quantities. I wouldn't drink a lot of it. And what I do is, so you can get the eggnog already spiked, or you can add your own rum. I actually would prefer to buy just a a high quality, regular eggnog out of the store, unspiked, and then spike it myself. And what I would, and what I add to it is the dark rum, the nutmeg, the cinnamon, all so I kind of like do my own little alterations at home, even though you could absolutely buy it already spiked. Obviously, by buying it unspiked, you can prepare some for the people who want to have rum in theirs and the people who don't, because some people love that and some people can't stand it. So to me, that's the way to go. But I think you should always have that on there. On my list of drinks to get you in the mood, I thought we could each share one drink for in the mood and one drink for in the spirit. And then we have some lists to share. But before I get to the nine aphrodisiac cocktails to spice up your night, which is fabulous, my go-to, Bianca, and I think I've talked about it on the show before because it's so good, my spiced rum hot chocolate 
from scratch will get you all the way together, nice and warm and gooey and ready to be under some covers with a man. And I suppose you could do it with a woman if you must. <laughs> I don't have any experience in that life. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very simple recipe. So you, I use whole milk. I use a high quality uh, cocoa. And then you literally just, to taste, you blend in, you warm up the milk and you blend in your cocoa uh, to taste. I use a little bit of sugar because I like uh, sweeteners. So I add a little bit of sugar to that. You warm it up. And then when you take it off the heat, you just add a little bit of vanilla. And then you add, I use Captain Morgan spice rum. So you mm -hmm. add a shot of that and you and that's it. Now, if you want to be fancy, you can do some whipped cream. I don't necessarily do whipped cream because it's just, that's a lot of, it's just rich already, but it is so good, Bianca. And again, if you don't want to drink, you could just leave the, the rum out and do the hot chocolate, but it's good. The key here is, Either use whole milk or whole milk and half and half and use the high quality cocoa. You can't use 2% uh, because you really mm -hmm. need the, the richness and the fatty of the milk. Yeah. And you can't be using this cheap ass cocoa, like get a high quality cocoa to make your hot chocolate. I, once Those again, are the rules. a year later, I love it when you say cocoa. <laughs> so I was thinking, um, I was like, what? Drink gets me in the mood. <laughs> in the holidays. Uh, liquor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? Because when I say holidays, because yes. I know you like a rum punch, but that's not really a holiday drink. That's just like an anytime drink. But you know what? This is the time of year where my mother sells it and, and sells it a lot. So I will say, um, speaking of holiday drinks, though, specifically. So this is the time of year sorrel, sorrel in Jamaica, like Christmas time is when a lot of people make sorrel and you drink it like it's our holiday drink. And um, I was looking at and we'll get to your aphrodisiac list and ginger is one of the um, aphrodisiac ingredients and so sorrel is um, made from the hibiscus plant um, it's boiled it takes a lot of it it's boiled and then it's um, with water sugar lime ginger right and then you can add rum and so I always like a lot of ginger in my sorrel because one, I love ginger, but now I know that it's an aphrodisiac because it heats up your nether regions. So you're getting the heat of the ginger plus, especially if you're using a good white rum, it's it's my favorite. Sorrel is my favorite holiday drink. Although, yeah, my mother makes a lot of rum punch this time of year, but her sorrel is also really good. So that's the thing where uh, ginger is going to get me all hot and the, the rum is going to get me loose. Speaking of getting loose, let's look at this list of nine drinks to get you in the mood. And we're using this list from winepair.com, V-I-N-E-P-A-I-R.com. So there's nine drinks on here, Bianca, and there's two that stand out to me. Number one, the Spiced Manhattan Cocktail. Now, I drink Manhattans throughout the fall and winter because, you know, bourbon is my go-to when it's, when it's cold outside. Now, the aphrodisiac ingredient here is cinnamon because they're suggesting that you add a little cinnamon to the Manhattan. Now, I never thought to add cinnamon to my Manhattan, but that sounds delightful. <laughs> and so I'm absolutely going to try this, uh, just a Manhattan drink where you add cinnamon. 
And then the other one that caught my eye, Bianca, is something called the chocolate rye. It's on here. And again, the aphrodisiac ingredient here is the cocoa nibs. And so again, I've never thought about, um, I love rye, never thought about adding chocolate and rye together. But I think that 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 does sound very, you know, decadent and very nice for the holidays. So like, those are two drinks that, that I like to drink anyway. Like I love brown liquors in the wintertime. And so like adding these little takes on them seems very easy to me to do. Of these nine drinks, was there anything that jumped out at you? There were two that jumped out at me for the exact same reason that I mentioned with the sorrel. So the first one being the um, ginseng ginger spritz, the aphrodisiac being ginseng because it's known to help with erectile dysfunction as well as improve arousal in women. Come on, ginseng. And doesn't it also like give you energy? I think it gets you stimulated. It does. Mm -hmm. So that one, and then the second one being um, the gingered peach margarita. I love a margarita. Um, the idea of ginger in a margarita is really great. The aphrodisiac ingredient, again, is ginger um, because it's known to increase the heat in the body as well as heighten heart rate. Mm -hmm. What? Come on with the stimulants. <laughs> This uh, this Brandy Alexander right mm -hmm. below that one, it sounds good. Now I don't, I'm not really a. Do you like Brandy? I'm not. Brandy's not my go-to. Brandy's not my go-to either. But I, but it's this. This is intriguing me. So uh, I love the the description here. So it says the aphrodisiac here is the nutmeg, and so it says in India, nutmeg was used in the past as a treatment for low libido in men. The, uh, the sexy spice raises body heat, sweetens breath, and acts as an all-around stimulant. Sip this Brandy Alexander to add some sweet spiciness to your evening. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that there's nothing wrong with those sentences. <laughs> that all sounds delightful to me. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, we will share the list. And now let's move to drinks to, to get you in the spirit for the holidays. And so this is not necessarily about sex, but just, you know, being, you know, a nice person to your friends and family. So again, um, I'm going to recommend a warm drink because I like to stay warm during the holidays. I like Bianca, a hot buttered rum. Now, when I had the holiday party last year, I don't think I made it or did I make it and you didn't have any? Did I make it? You made it. I, I didn't have any. Okay, I made it. And um, I don't remember if it was popular or not, but I, usually if I'm having a holiday party, I will make it. So to I, I will post the recipe. It's a little bit more involved than the than the hot chocolate, but it's it's the main ingredients are rum, butter, and some spices. And so you warm it up. And so you're like drinking this this hot butter rum. It is very, very rich. And 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 so you can really only have it as a sipper. This is not something you want to gulp because again, the butter you know, for a lot of people, it's just so rich. And so it's definitely a sipper, but it will warm you up. It will make you very warm on the inside, get you all gooey. And because it's, Bianca, because there's not a lot of, you, we're not cutting the liquor with very much, a, a, a sip or two and you're feeling really good. So it's like, there's no, we're not cutting this liquor with a whole lot. This is one of those things where after one drink, you're already probably tipsy. And so you're going to have a good time. I like... A, I like drinks. Last year, I mentioned the cranberry mule because, again, vodka, ginger, cranberry, holiday festive. But I also like um, kind of spiked apple cider situations. And there was a recipe that I had found for sparkling apple cider sangria. 
So it's apple cider. The alcohol is cognac. Cognac. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, apples, apple cider, um, and pomegranate seeds. And so I like any type of, because I like sangria anyway. So um, anything that fuses kind of that, that apple cider with some type of uh, liqueur or chopped sangria fruits makes me happy. Okay. Um, can't go wrong with any of that. So... Bianca, we have one last list to share. This is the 10 holiday cocktails to put you in the mood for the season. And this is from uptownspirits.com. We will share this. I think that this is a group of um, liquor sellers. Um, They have eggnog on here. They have the hot chocolate on here. They have the mule on here. So we can skip those three. Two on this list that that caught my attention, the peppermint martini and the candy cane cocktail. That just sounds delightful. So I'm just going to read a little bit about this cocktail. It says this refreshing and minty drink is the perfect addition to any holiday party or gathering. To make this tasty treat, simply combine vodka, peppermint schnapps, and cranberry juice in a shaker with ice. Shake well and strain into a glass. Garnish with a candy cane or mint spring and enjoy. So whether you're looking to add a little festive flair to your holiday party or just want a tasty treat, be sure to give this candy cane cocktail a try. Now, as I've kind of, you know, dragged these queens before, a lot of these queens drink vodka. And by queens, I mean my friend. A lot of them drink vodka, um, which is a choice. And so I'm always looking for like vodka drinks to serve them because even though I like bourbon because I'm a man. (laughs) You are so These queens don't like bourbon, they like vodka. So this vodka <laughs> drink might be something I can make for them. As you nice? should. Vodka is wonderful. How much trouble am I going to get into for what I just said into this mic? <laughs> Probably a lot, because I'm sure you're going to have the same queens over to your house. You better have something nice for them. <laughs> what? So um, so I like the two kind of minty options here. Um, and you know what? I don't know if I do. I don't know. I... I'm I'm trying to think if I would want a minty drink like that, because I'm even um, I don't know like I I I don't like to drink my peppermint things. Mm-hmm. Does that make I, sense? I thought you were gonna pick number seven, the there number seven go. rum chata snowball. I'll get yes. the second reference, and that's the one that I would probably um I would probably go with. This tasty drink is made with real rum, cream liqueur, and cinnamon. It's the perfect way to warm up on a cold winter's night. Um, and it sounds kind of like conquito, but mm-hmm. I like um because I also like I like Bailey's, like I like rum creams. Period. So yeah, I'd probably lean here. Any other drink suggestions that you want to mention that's either not on the list or something you want to make sure that we get into people so for the next week they have some good options? I have one, and I was reminded when you just said it. Hmm. If you just want to drop some Baileys in your coffee this week, you and know it. In the morning, you can never go wrong. In the morning, <laughs> afternoon, and a good night. I love some Baileys, and then at night, skip the coffee and just the Baileys. <laughs> And they have like the different flavors and things. I just like the original. I'm fine with that. Oh, yes. I've never tried. Do you think the Baileys in the cocoa would be too rich? Or do you think that that could work? It could absolutely work. I was just at a holiday function. Wait, was it Bailey's or it was definitely Bailey's. They had a hot chocolate bar and um, I put that Bailey's in there. Okay. So if you are going to do it, then you might like if you are, if you know, you're going to put a lot of 
Bailey's in there, then maybe you can pull back on your your milk. Right, right. And then mm-hmm. it would it would definitely not be rum. It would just be the cocoa with the Bailey's. Mm-hmm. Um but my cocos are all milk based. So that was what but that's my con- so there's no water. So it's like I can't really pull back on the milk. Um, because then you just drink in Bailey's and chocolate. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> or that. <laughs> all right, it. Bianca. I'm gonna turn it over to you to get us on out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh to recap, um, happy holidays all of them there's so you have you have options hanukkah kwanzaa christmas winter solstice yule <laughs> and you can and no matter what you look like you can celebrate any and all of them to see what bianca says all right moving us along uh, <laughs> and sure some of these <laughs> You know, some of our, especially our Christmas traditions may have been stemmed from some quote unquote pagan roots, but they're a lot of fun. So go ahead and deck those halls with all the holly, put that tree up, throw an angel at the top or gnaw, and um, buy all of the Black Santa paraphernalia. That is definitely... <laughs> no, we're not telling you not to do it. We're telling you, you know what, lean into these pagan traditions, just know that they're pagan traditions that's really what the takeaway is that's it that's that's it that's all have fun and speaking of having fun get in the mood and in the spirit with uh, these festive uh these festive cocktails you know what we don't do enough isaiah we don't uplift the mocktails not everybody drinks (laughs) you know i'm gonna give you i'll give you the next the 90 seconds to uplift mocktails i'll mute literally anything that we mentioned you could just not put the You can have hot cocoa that doesn't have that doesn't have Bailey's or rum in it. I literally said that as I was giving the instructions. I was like, if you prefer not to have the liquor, you could just have it direct. I, so I don't know why you're trying to say that I'm not giving the mock folks <laughs> options. They they were given options within each segment. I'm just saying the apple cider just warmed is nice. I had an apple cider slushy last year that was actually very good. And I was like, this is cute. A little, yeah. All that to say whatever you whatever wets your whistle (laughs) get get it in this holiday season whether it is cold or warm because you deserve um that's what you got to do and what you also have got to do is vote for the 2022 warden webster awards you can do that on our website at wardenwebster.com we will announce the winners next week on our because I'm a nominee this year I'm so excited you don't have to pick that pop culture roundup there are other (laughs) segments that (laughs) again my babies are nominees y'all better vote for Noah and Grace's um, travel reviews okay Uh, and lastly visit wardenwebster.com for new episodes every Saturday morning or wherever you get your podcasts please rate share like subscribe visit us on um, Facebook Instagram and I guess Twitter ciao what is happening over there with that Twitter Twitter I don't know. Actually, our Twitter account is the most active account we have. I don't know why you throw in shade. I keep it what? Fresh, up to date, and current. Okay, that's cute for you. Um, (laughs) 
So again, we are all about giving you choices. Okay, you have choices and options. No matter what you choose to do, choose to do something and to share us with your friends. That's what you always got to do so that we can, you know, keep these here uh, numbers up. We are going into episode 100. So clearly, we are a good time. On that note, I am Bianca, forever festive ward. And I'm Isaiah Webster. We'll see you next week on my favorite holiday, New Year's Eve. <laughs> Bye.